This is one of those really, really quick shows where I don't have enough time, but they always make me think a little bit faster and breathe a little bit harder into the mic, so you're all in very, very good hands here. Okay, let's just get to it. Let's just get right to it. Let's not stall at all. <laughs> My poet didn't know it. Okay. Now, you all know that we are going to have another baby at some point eventually, although we are not pregnant right now, but I wish we were. And by we, I mean Sarah, and definitely not me. I will never fucking do that again. Pretty much never. Really glad about that. So, uh, if you didn't listen to all the Return to Sender shows and you don't really know much about what it's like to buy semen, uh, it's a commodity. Okay, sperm is a commodity, and I don't want to make all the same old tired jokes that I've made on that show because really they're all the jokes I ever make all the time. It's all about sperm. But sperm really is a commodity in a weird way. It, it's human trafficking, right? These are the criteria I have. These are the features I want. Give me something that will make me that person. Hmm, not too far-fetched. Not too far off from the whole Russian bride thing, if you know what I mean. Oh, okay, the volume's high. The volume's high. We're good. Everything's good. We're all good. We're all good. Everything's fine. We're all good. Okay, so I remember I told you I was going to pay the $75 and this woman from whatever Canadian sperm bank where they have like six American sperm banks and they're the middleman. And when we did this ourselves via UPS or FedEx or whatever in the States, it was half as much per vial because now we have to go through the middleman. Whatever, I've resigned myself to it. That's okay. It's all right. So I gave her 75 bucks. I sent her a picture of Sarah and Malcolm. And of course she said... Oh, your son is so cute. Like, do you think they say that? Like, if your kid's ugly, do you think they just say, okay, well, we'll do the best we can? Well, with me, she was like, oh, it's going to be so hard. He's so adorable. What a good-looking kid. And I, you know what? You know what I said to her, literally? We had quite the conversation, this poor woman and I. I said to her, literally, when she said, your kid's adorable, I said, you're completely and totally right. And she starts laughing. And I'm like, no, seriously. Like, this may just be the most right you've ever been about anything in your entire life <laughs> so we started talking and then because the the sperm bank that we dealt with in the states okay i'm gonna i'm a, a terrible storyteller so let's just take a minute relax a bit and talk okay now when we had gone through the states there was a certain company acme sperm co i've called it this whole entire time so there are two canadian super costco sperm costcos and each each Canadian company, I'm pretty sure they don't deal with the same banks. Like one company will have these six banks and the other Canadian importer, exporter, well, they don't export. The, imp the sperm importers have another six banks. So the one bank that we had used to conceive Malcolm, the Acme place, only, of course, deals with the one bank. So I f the lady I was in contact with, and if you don't know me in real life, I'm a spaz. I have no memory. Mm, nothing ever really works out for me because of that. So uh, I'm, I emailed both of the companies about photo matching, but this one chick I had a good rapport with because I told her I didn't, have, I didn't want any pasty-faced basement dwellers, and she was, like, you know, laughing, and we were having an exchange. So I liked her more, so I dealt with her. And I asked her if it was possible for her to get a hold of a picture of our donor to help her match because Acme Sperm Co. is sure as fuck isn't going to release it to me because I'm just, like, some chick, and I thought maybe as a professional courtesy... They would help each other because they're both kind of under the same laws of privacy. She's, like, she wouldn't be able to send it to me. There'd be no release. Like, it'd just be legit, right? Instead of sending it to me because I'm crazy. Uh, so she said, oh, we don't deal with them. And I'm like, oh, no. Because I talked to her like for like 10 minutes. And uh, she's like, oh, no, no. You want this other, this other Canadian place. And I was like, oh, 
I'm like, but I like you. And she said, yeah, well, Acme Sperm Co. doesn't deal with us. I'm their competitor. So they would most definitely not release his photo to me. Like they may to the other place, but not definitely not with us because we're the competitor. So I'm like, okay, fuck. I was like, oh, but I like you. And she's like, yeah, I know. That's okay. She's like, I've already got 14 guys here that I think would be good matches for your son, but I'm just going to wait. I won't charge you anything because we're Canadian. You know, an American place would have charged me already. But she was like, no, no, no. Hang on. Call them. See what happens. And I was like, okay. So I look them up. I call again. And uh, the woman answers the phone. And there was no press one for this or five for that or seven for this. It was just a real person that answered the phone, which was really unusual and really weird. And I was like, okay. And I explained my situation. And she's like, wait a minute. Were you just talking to Janice? And I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, are you serious? She's like, yeah, you were just on the phone with Janice. You've called the wrong bank. <laughs> what a stupid idiot. I could not stop laughing. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I am such an idiot. I can't believe I just did that. She's like, oh, no, that's okay. And I'm like, no, it's not. I do this kind of stupid shit all the time. And, uh, yeah, okay. So she was Canadian enough to give me the number to the correct place, and the correct place couldn't fucking help me either. So I called Janice back. I'm like, Janice, baby, how you been? And she was like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll keep going on this. So they charged me 75 bucks. And what's really weird to me is the banks that she deals with, some of them are numbers. The donors have numbers, which is normal, which is what I'm used to, because, like, the Acme Sperm Company had numbers, which kind of, like, separates things. I feel like... It's just like a number, but some of the banks had names and it like kind of weirded me out because I, yes, I am aware that sperm comes from a human male and he's probably jerking off to really large black women covered in baby oil. I don't care, whatever, to each his own, right? But when I see the names attached to the, to the like height and weight, it kind of, I don't know. It just made me realize for sure, for sure, these guys are people masturbating into tiny cups that will probably create a child for me. Weird. A little weird. And some of the names, like I know they aren't, probably aren't real names, but one of them was Timmy. So at work, Sugar and I, we kind of act like stupid assholes and irritate everybody around us because she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I end up doing it too. So if you watch South Park at all, South Park at all, there was a character named Timmy, and he's kind of retarded and in a wheelchair, so he'd always go, Timmy! It was like the one thing he could say, Timmy! So I read, I'm like, oh, look at this donor's name, Timmy! Okay, that's enough of that, I'm sorry. I really don't know why I did that to you. Okay. <laughs> this was, you know what, no, I, I'm actually doing this show instead of eating, again. This is really weird, I don't like it. I'm still fat, by the way. Still fat. I gained back seven pounds of all the weight I had lost, and it's still there because I'm a big fat pig. But who cares? You know what? I'm about to be with child. Okay, maybe not in my body, but there'll be a pregnant woman in here eventually at some point, probably. But now we have to like whittle down, uh, whittle down the whole, you know, list of, I don't know, she gave us about 25 guys she thought would be a good matches. And I asked her if they were in order of preference and she said no, but she said that this one guy was her very favorite. So, and then how, this is just such a money-making fucking scam. Uh, it's so gross. So... In order to see photos, like when we went with Acme Sperm Co., they had no photos. They just didn't. Like the only people that had access to the photos were the people that worked there. And that's it. Like now you can go online there and you can buy a photo. And in some, on some banks, you can actually hear audio of them, which I hate too because they're idiots. But now going through this new channel, the Canadian channel, we have access to photos. Except they don't just give you the photos, right? You have to pay $99 um, for unlimited one-month access. 
or you can sign up and for 24 hours you can have unlimited access and some sites you can sign up and uh, you'll get to look at three photos, but only three photos. And if you want to look at any more photos, it's like, I don't know, $100 or something like that, 99 bucks. So whatever, I guess it's a business and I'm just going to have to resign myself to that. So in the next couple of days, we're going to sit down and look at the criteria and look at pictures, which is an, another huge weird factor to me. Like, I, I just don't, I don't know. I guess it's a, it's a blessing because you can see exactly what they look like. But then it's going to be weird because I'm going to know what what our second child's don't like for, for us with Malcolm, it's like, I have no, um, image. I have no facial features. I've seen pictures of the other kids that had the same donor and I can see similarities in some of their features, but they're little kids. So, I mean, it's hard to kind of tell right now, but it, it'll be weird, you know, to watch my child grow up and kind of remember what their donor's face looked like and see the similarities there. I don't know. This whole thing is weird. I know you guys probably know it's weird. Probably most of you have heterosexual sex and, you know, are weird and conceive your kids that way through all that ickiness. I'd rather have a man masturbate in a cup and freeze-dried for my uh, convenience. But anyway, I just, this is a whole new weird factor. And I said weird about 150 times today. But seriously, it's unusual. Like, an adoption process kind of makes more sense. But it's like I'm picking out all these features and... I, I don't know. I'm sure, I know I'm going to love that kid no matter what. It's just, I hate getting through this part. Even last time, getting through this part was really hard. We just got really lucky with a handsome, smart kid. But now we can confirm that at least half of his DNA will be handsome, and Sarah is quite handsome and smart. So we'll see. And some sites have, like, your SAT scores, which means nothing to me because I'm Canadian, but it's nice to know if you're smart or not. And the weight, like, the height to weight, like, if you're 6'1 and 147 pounds, isn't that kind of really fucking skinny? And then... Ugh, I don't know. I can't. I can't anymore. I can't anymore. So that's that's our project for the next couple days. That's why I'm doing this right now. Oh my god, 10 minutes and 30 seconds. Okay, before I uh, forget, since we're on kind of baby talk, uh, the deal is here, before they'll let you, you know, shoot a stranger's semen into your vagina, you have to go for a blood and a urine test. Just to make sure you were clean before the process started and that their rank-ass sperm didn't give you any kind of STD or anything. Because that's kind of a big fucking deal. So we've had these things for months. I can't, we went in November. Sarah got, uh, got an appointment in November just to like make sure everything's cool. We're good to go. She got that uh, thing where they shoot like ink through your fallopian tubes, I think, to make sure everything's like clear and she's got the A-OK. That was the day that Malcolm fell off the chair and smashed his fucking head open. It was right around when I started this show, I think a week or two before. Right. Anyway, so now I have... I have a very limited amount of time, as you can tell, because I'm recording a podcast and I've got mm, 10 minutes to finish this. So I just kind of have to sneak things in where I can, whenever I can, because I can't pick him up until 2.30. So sometimes I'll have a half hour to myself and I'll do this or I'll eat or I'll masturbate or I'll go and get my blood and urine tested. Okay, so I'm going to get my blood and urine tested and the blood goes swimmingly, no problem. I'm, I'm drenched in sweat because it's like 30 something degrees and it's really hot and this really nice Filipino woman who actually spoke English as a first language, which is pretty nice, so I won't have to whip out my terrible Filipino accent. Uh, she's like, okay, well, here's the urine cup and I need you to fill it up to here and she marks like, I don't know, an inch, an inch from the bottom, I guess. She's like, fill it up to here, you have to because they need enough... Uh, to test it. And I was like, oh, I don't know if that's going to happen. And she's like, have you urinated in the last hour? And I said, it was like 1.45. I said, no, no, I haven't urinated since, mm, I don't know, 10 this morning. She's like, oh, you're good. 
And I was like, yeah, I get kind of gun shy from my mom, of course. And she's like, well, just do what you can. And if not, I'll send you home with one. So I'm like, all right, go to the bathroom. And uh, as most of you know, if you did listen to Return to Sender, I can pee through the eye of a needle. I just have those meaty, meaty labia and I just choke them up into a funnel and I can pee, I can pee out my name. I pee standing up. I can pee anywhere into anything with virtually no spillage. I don't like to brag. I mean, we all have gifts, right? Maybe you're an excellent artist. Maybe you're an electrician who can fix anything. Maybe you can pee into tiny little cups. We all have gifts. They're all useful. Uh, so, yeah. So all I've really drank that day was, well, about a liter of water. But when it's this hot and you're this fat, you sweat it all out. So I'm, I'm concerned now. So I turn on the water in the sink and I'm like, okay, you know, you got to focus. You've got to give yourself a mental pep talk. I can urinate to this line in this tiny little cup. I can, and I will. And I did. So I stand there and I'm peeing and I'm peeing and I'm peeing. And, uh, okay. If you, if you judged me by the color of my urine, you would probably have said I was dead. Okay, I mean, hypothetically speaking, if you took that tiny little clear canister of my urine, yeah, you would say I was dead or, or dying or close to dying. That's just the color it was. It was, uh, I was telling Sarah this story and she said, oh yeah, in the hospital we call that steeped tea color. It's not good. She's like, it's very bad. It's, it's severe dehydration. And I was like, hmm, okay. I was going to go apple cider vinegar, but if you want to go steep tea, if that's the medical term for that color of urine, then fine. Sure. Right. I uh, just, I'm just putting this out there that, um, the kidney stones, they, they're, they're, they're caused, well, they're not helped along by dehydration. Dehydration is very bad for someone with kidney stones and there's a 50% chance of reoccurrence. So, hmm, not good. Not good. I need to drink a lot more water. I should be doing that right now, but I'm not. I'm talking to you. I'm sacrificing for you people. All right. Well, that's, that's fucking 15 minutes and nothing. Okay, I'm just, I don't know. I'm only going to get through, I think, one segment today because I don't, I'm very limited on time. Oh, yeah, I've got to leave in five minutes. This is not going to work. So I'm doing it in the order that I got them. Hate myself. Uh, so here's Daryl. Another nipple tale from time gone by. Uh... Last time I asked about encountering hairy nipples, this one's going to be interesting. I dated a girl who, you know, I mentioned before we were in East Kentucky in the late 70s, but, you know, we weren't as backwoods as most people might think at the time. Everybody had hot and cold running water and whatnot, but... I did happen to date one of the few girls in the world whose father was a big enough jerk that when their hot water tank failed, he neglected to replace it. And so when she had to shower, when she had to bathe, they had to boil water on the stove and add it to a, you know, a small tub full of water and sponge around. And so, I mean, she, she kept herself clean. It was just not... You couldn't luxuriate in the bathroom as some teenage girls are known to do. Well, uh, we dated for a while, and there was 
lots of making out in cars at I think I think we paid to see the movie Caddyshack at the drive-in six times and never saw the movie. Heard it, but never saw it. Um, so there was a lot of making out. There was a lot of kissing, caressing, and things. And but uh, the first time I got her top off, I mean I'm not stupid, so I'm. I've got my mouth on a breast, but there's no, you know, protrusion in the middle. <laughs> and uh, so I keep doing my best, and lo and behold, there was an eruption. Uh, this lady had inverted nipples, and uh, I've never since encountered them, and I'm curious about your experience with that phenomenon uh, this was uh, a bit uh, unsettling because uh, like I say with the uh, light of the movie streaming through the window and I'm looking out looking down trying to figure out where the nipples at and then all of a sudden here comes an erect nipple coming out of inverted like you know cavern and as I mentioned before she didn't get to luxuriate in the shower so in this case there was a little piece of like belly button lint on there and it was like Horton hears a who you know we are here we are here we are here and uh, so <laughs> it was a uh, pungent uh, flavor and uh, you know kind of flick that out of the way and keep doing your business but uh, so I'm curious to hear if you've ever encountered the inverted nipple in your dating life and I'll wait and hear what you say and send you some more information later thank you uh, when I last left you and I wasn't in the car but I am now currently in the car Daryl was telling us about yet another nipple uh, issue, uh, instance, predicament of sorts. Uh, you know, I'm not any kind of doctor or anyone with anything more than a grade nine education, but I can pretty safely say that Daryl, wherever you grew up, if you are currently living there now, move. Something terrible has gotten into the water, fracking perhaps, maybe a nuclear spill, and it's led to uh, a tentacular amount of breast deformities. Like the first time your friend was having sex with an ape woman, and the second time there was a woman with really inverted nipples, uh, so much so that there was fuzz inside, like a, a belly button fuzz, I think you said. And, uh, yeah, okay, that's, you know, I think you handled it well. You, you ate it. Uh, I, I really commend you for eating it and not drawing attention to the fact that, ugh, uh, whatever it was was lodged there and more than likely for some time. But, you know, it must be hot where you are because I'm trying to think. If you're sitting in, like, a yokel's kitchen or even a yokel's bathroom, 
and you're in a wash basin of some kind because your father, I'm assuming, is an alcoholic or a gambler or both and has spent all of your money on gambling and drinking and perhaps hookers, uh, so much so that you don't have a hot water tank. If you were in the situation, if you were in a basin with mostly cold water and a little bit of warm and you've dampened your chest, your nipples, you'd think, would shoot on out of there, right? You'd think they'd just be poking out, erect. God, that's a disgusting word, erect. And you'd think that thing would have popped out, but the hell do I know? Maybe you live, you live in like the deep, deep, deep south, the I can marry my first cousin south. Maybe that's where you live, I don't know. Uh, but as far as my own personal self, I'm trying to think if I dated anybody with inverted nipples. Definitely not to that extent. Not so much that there would be fluff in them, I don't think. Not that I can recall. I thought I had slightly inverted nipples until I tried breastfeeding. I don't know, if you don't know anything about a newborn's uh, ability to suckle, yeah, yeah, yeah. There were times where I took my nipple out of uh, the young boy's mouth uh, for whatever reason, and it was literally an inch long. I'm not lying. Maybe it was a slightly less, but... It was, it was pretty fucking long, like National Ge Geographic long. Like, I didn't even know it could get that long. So I don't think they're inverted. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure not, actually. And uh, yeah. Okay, I don't know. I guess that's about it about that subject anyway. But thanks for not making her feel like a fucking weirdo uh, with some kind of defect. Because God knows women are tragically, tragically imperfect. Sorry, sometimes I make my own self laugh. So right now what's happening is I'm driving home from my mom's house uh, because she sent me to Costco. And it's I have the afternoon slash evening to myself. The youngin is gone with Sarah to Sarah's parents' house. And, you know, this is why I love my wife or girlfriend or whatever, my common-law partner, me, is because I heard her on her phone with her mom. And her mom, of course, is very, very nice, very kind, very generous, very wonderful. And she asked if us, you know, Malcolm, Sarah, and I, as a family, would want to go to their house for dinner. And I heard Sarah say, oh, you know, she's got uh, some stuff to do that night, so I don't think she'll be able to make it. You count her out. And I was upstairs doing, like, a fist pump action, like a yes, yes, yes. Because God only knows. The last time I had a night to myself, I think, was probably, like, when swim class was still going on. So I'm very excited to have a night to myself. So what do I do with the afternoon? Do I go home and masturbate forever? No, of course not. That's disgusting. Get your mind out of the gutter, people. Out of the gutter. I choose instead to go to Costco. Well, for the most part, because... We have to make sure we have at least two EpiPens with us at all times because God only knows what the fuck's going to happen in Mexico and where the hospital will be and all things, you know, like that. So um, the Allergect EpiPen whatever people sent us an email saying you should make sure to travel with two. So I just went and got another one, so now we have an extra one. And I realized yet again that uh, people that work at pharmacies are can be occasionally cunty. And I'm not saying that uh, about everyone, but there's two stories I have with Kunti uh, pharmacists. One of them being the night a million years ago when Malcolm had that weird uh, allergic reaction and his eyes puffed up like golf balls and his little eyes were like little tiny slits. He looked like he could have been a, an extra on MASH or something, but he was just, just like fucked up. So we'd spent the evening at the hospital. It's now like, I don't know, 11, 11.30 at night. We go to the Shoppers Drug Mart and you cannot throw a rock in the city without hitting a shopper's drug mart. You can't. I, for whatever reason, they're on every fucking corner. 
So I go to, I go in there, and uh, this little Weasley man, uh, and I give him my prescription, and he's like, okay, that's going to be, oh, fuck, what did he say? It was, it seemed like an extreme amount of time at the time, because it would just been so stressful, but maybe he said 20 minutes or half an hour? I can't remember. Anyway, uh, and I was like, I was like, for an EpiPen, like, isn't that just a box you have to grab and put in another bag? And he did not like that. He did not like my tone. Um, he felt that uh, I had no right to question him. And he's like, well, there's other people ahead of you, you know? And I was like, yes, like, I, I am aware that I am not the only person on the face of the earth, but I can guarantee you there are very few people in this neighborhood who are getting their prescriptions at 11, 1130 at night. Very few. I would, I would wager a guess that maybe there's no one fucking else getting a prescription right now, you little tiny weasel. Okay, let's just calm down. Let's just calm down. So what he decided to do, and I know, I know, I just, I maybe I'm choosing to believe that he's out to get me because I'm a conspiracy theorist and I always assume that everyone is out to get me because I'm a bit of a sociopath and a whole lot of a bitch. So he, he took my tone, because I did have a tone, and in my defense, I had a prescription from the children's hospital, which should tell him that there is another little person. He's like... He's like, well, do you need it tonight? And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. I think my son needs that to live, apparently. And he's like, okay. And then I walk around, but for the most part, I'm standing in front of the fucking pharmacy department watching him do nothing. Okay. It's not, I don't know, maybe he was counting Oxycontins. I don't know, maybe he took a few, I don't know. So then like 15, 20 minutes goes by and he's like, you know, dialing numbers on a speakerphone. He's like, well, I can't get a hold of your insurance. And I'm like, that's weird because nobody's ever fucking phoned my insurance, like on a phone. They usually, it's just like a direct thing. Like they contact, it's all done like electronically. Nobody fucking phones. He's like, yeah, I can't, I can't get into your, your uh, insurance for whatever reason. They're not covering it. I can't do it uh, through the computer. And I called and their offices are closed. And he's like, well, uh, so you need it? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I fucking, I fucking need it. You idiot. It's an EpiPen. Yeah, I need it. And uh, so he's like, well, can you afford to pay for it right now? And honestly, the honest answer is no, not really. But I was like, yeah, I guess I have a credit card. Yeah, I can pay for it right now. So that's what I ended up doing. So he didn't really fuck me in the sense that uh, he denied my child anything. But he fucked me in the sense that it should have been direct billed. Okay, I'm back again. Uh, this recording from the car was interrupted by Sarah phoning me. And it turns out that we had a pretty decent argument about her urine. Yeah. Do you want to hear what, how that went? Like, what that was about? Well, she called me because, as I mentioned in the very, very first segment, we have to make sure that we're disease-free. So she, as well, has to do her urine and blood work. And she forgot that she had to pee in a little tiny cup. And she peed at work and then went and got her blood done just fine. And now we're having this conversation about her urine. And she said... Uh, I'm going to pee in a cup. Could you please drop it off for me in the morning? Now, the adult response would be either, yes, I can, my love, or no, I'm afraid I won't be able to manage that, sweetheart. What did I say? Oh, great, just one more fucking thing I have to do in the morning. And you know what? Yeah, that may have been the truth. It just one more fucking thing to do in the morning because I've got to get the boy up. I've got to get him dressed. I've got to get him ready. I've got to get sunscreen on him. I've got to pack his lunch. I've got to feed him breakfast. I've got to watch... 15 or 20 minutes of fucking Thomas. I've got to have my coffee. I've got to get him to school on time. And then I've got to pry his sweaty little hands out of mine to get out of the fucking building to uh, go to work. So yeah, no, I don't exactly have time. 
But I mean, I could have just said, I won't be able to swing that, but no. And she's like, oh, well, fine. And I think, I think she's just threw back at me what I was tossing out, you know, like there was a tone, there was a tone there and I'm just going to be the bigger man and assume that it, she was replicating the tone that I was giving her because I was obviously feeling pretty Tony and I felt like, uh, like she was giving it back and I did not like it. I did not like it. So then the conversation turned to where can we bring the urine? And I said, well, I'm pretty sure you can store it in the fridge and then I can drop it off in the afternoon because I'll have more time then. Well, how do you know you can put it in the fridge? Well, because when I had high blood pressure, I had to pee in a gasoline-sized jug, like a jerry can-sized jug for 24 hours and store it in the fridge. And I'm not going to lie, I urinated in a margarine tub at work and poured it into this vat. Almost ran out of room. I, I drank so much water that I almost ran out of room in this huge fucking tanker of urine. Almost. So I said, when I did that, I kept it in the fridge. And she's like, yeah, but you're testing for different things now. And I was like, yeah, you're right. We're getting the whore spectacular. So God forbid, maybe, who knows? Maybe, maybe herpes dies in the fridge. I don't know. Maybe gonorrhea also dead in the fridge. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fucking urinalysis or sir or whatever. So yeah, we got into a big fight. And then Sarah said, you know what? I don't want to talk about my urine anymore. And I was like, hmm. So now you're up to speed on the fucking whole urine calamity. <sighs> okay, can we get back to Costco, please? I've got like at least an hour and a half to talk about with Costco. I don't understand. This is really Jerry Seinfeld of me, but I don't understand how grown adults who have driven themselves to Costco, they followed the rules of the road to get there. But for whatever fucking reason, they get into Costco and everyone forgets the rules of the road. When you're pushing a shopping cart, imagine yourself driving a car. That's what I do. I'm aware of my surroundings. I stay to the right lane. I yield. I watch for oncoming traffic. I do not stop for snacks. There is no time to stop for snacks. And if there are four or five or 95 fucking old people around the snacks, park your little buggy somewhere the fuck else. You do not need to be six across to get the snacks. You're ruining my fucking life here, people. Pull it together. Okay. I'm just going to take a second. I'm just going to bring it down a notch. Take a deep breath. No one's going to die here because six Caucasian men in their mid to late 70s are having snack time and juice at Costco. Not a big deal. Walk it off. Just fucking walk it off. Okay. Having said that, uh, go to the pharmacy, drop it off. Very fine, furry young man there. Very congenial. He arranged to have my son's EpiPen prescription brought from another location so that he could fill it for me there. Very nice young man. Wonderful young man. He says 315. It'll be ready at 315. And I say, okay. Because you know what it's like trying to get around a fucking Costco. It's like, it's like lemmings. They're just kind of Maybe more like zombies. Whatever. Zombies are so lame now. Anyway. Uh, so I, I, I meander through. I am done my trip in record time. I spent 125 bucks, and my mom spent almost 200. So think about how much stuff that is. That's a lot of stuff. I was in there, bing, boom, bing, dodging all of these fucking mewing cows, like just piled up on top of each other. I'd go down other aisles and the cart gets heavy and I'm fat. I have no core strength. Okay. So I'm done. And now it's like, Oh, I can't believe how fast I did that. It's 2:35 PM. Hmm. Wonderful. 3:15, you say, okay. 
all right, you know what? I'm an adult. I have done this before, and they're very strict about the time. First thing they say is, what time did they tell you? And I know he wrote it down on the paper, so I didn't try to lie. I just, I stood, I stood. She watched me stand there for about half an hour. And then finally at like 3.07, I get in line. And I'm thinking, okay, well, this line's going to take five minutes. It should be ready by the time to get there. So I get up there and she's like, uh, name, please. There's no hi. How are you? It's like, name, please. Okay, that's cool. Whatever. Uh, Malcolm Sanchez. Hmm. What time did they tell you? Uh, 3.15. And she's like, she gave me the mm-hmm face, the and what fucking time is it now, you idiot? And I was like, you know what? It's it's 3.09. It's it's 3.09. I've been standing over there, and I know you've seen me for like mm, 35 fucking minutes, give or take. Like, could you just could you just get the tiny little fucking box and put it in the tiny little fucking bag so I can fucking go home? Like, what the fuck is wrong with people? If you have a bubble pack, you know, like my mom has, is on like 800 different kinds of medication, okay, you know what? I can see that taking a while. I understand. No fucking problem. But the majority of these fucking dinosaurs are there to pick up one kind of thing in one bottle. You count to 27 or whatever and put it in a smaller bottle and then you put it in a fucking bag. Is that not the whole process? I mean, I know I'm missing something. Emily used to work in a fucking pharmacy office or whatever, and I I know I'm not understanding it. But in layman terms... Essentially, are you not just doing that? Like, are you not just counting? Really? Putting them into... I'm not... Anyway. Okay. And she's like, you know what? I'll call it out when it's done. And I took that as a peace offering. I was like, okay. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to be standing over there quietly, not bothering anyone. Okay? And she's like, "Uh uh-huh. And I was like, okay. Because, you know, if we were in the jungle, I would have fucking charged her, knocked her down and taken a huge bite out of her fucking jugular. But, you know, we're in polite society. We can't act that way. And just because I fantasized about it does not mean I would act on that fantasy, probably. So I stood there and I waited. Three minutes later, she calls my fucking name. And what does she do? She puts the little fucking EpiPen box in a little fucking paper bag and hands it over. Holy Christ! It's a good thing I waited that 35 fucking minutes because that was so goddamn hard. Okay, this rant brought to you by my grade nine education. Ba-bing! Okay, one more thing I want to talk about with Costco. No, I'm not going to complain about anything. I just wanted to boast about what a wonderful daughter I am. Now, my mom is 71. Oh, she's going to be 71 very soon. And she's had three kids. And she's on diuretics, which make you pee a lot. And, you know, sometimes she sneezes and she pees a little. And sometimes she coughs and she pees a little. And sometimes she doesn't quite make it to the bathroom and she pees a little. And on one of those occasions, I cut her toenails, which I'm sure had pee on them, and one of her, well, her big toenail, went in my mouth. I'll just let you sit on that for a second. And, yeah. So, you know, she needs a, you know, depend-type situation. They're more of an underpant. She likes those. They're comfortable, breathable. They're wonderful. And I get those for her at Costco. And I put them in my cart and I walk around with them. And I'm not ashamed. I am not ashamed. Although they are a size large and it's the pink box for women. It's not out of the scope of possibility that perhaps these size large depends would be for me. Now, some people would feel shame about that. They'd be embarrassed. They'd buy it last. Not me. Mm -mm. Nope. First stop. Diapers. Who cares? I love my mama. 
And if having people think I'm incontinent is wrong, I don't want to be right. Up next is Joe, and I'm going to eat a tremendous amount of chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream while she's talking. Tremendous, with a small spoon, because I'm classy. Hey, Sandra D. Sanchez, this is your buddy Joe coming to you yet again from Dallas, Texas. I thought I'd, uh, since I got two episodes today and I made notes because I listened to one this morning and one this evening, um, I was going to answer some of the things that you said. First of all, first of all, Gary, Electric Gary gets to have Tuesday night to drink. You're making bacon vodka drinks. Bacon, bacon. It's its own food group. I decided that I would claim Wednesday night as Joe and Joe and Jack. Joe and Jack Daniels and Diet Coke, Wednesday nights. I'm supposed to be packing up my stuff uh, and getting ready to head back to uh, Arizona, but I decided to have a couple of drinks and then go ahead and um, tape you a segment. So... Let me just start off about my my tale of the road for this week. When I was here last time two weeks ago here in Dallas, I got ready to go on Thursday afternoon, left the office at 2.30 in the afternoon, got all the way back down four flights out of the office to the parking lot and can't find the rental car keys. Oh, my God such a travesty. I go back upstairs, I look through the restroom, I go back to my desk, I look all through my cubicle, I pull out my chair, I can't find the keys, I go back to the car, um, I can't get in, it's all locked up, everything's crazy. So I got AAA, and I called AAA to get them to come out and open up the car, thinking that maybe when I'd gone out to the car at lunchtime that I had left the keys in the trunk when I took the extra bottles of water out. No. AAA takes, oh, my God, an hour and ten minutes to get there. The guy shows up with his tow truck. He's already got one of his... He's already got one wrecked car up on a flatbed, And in the meantime, I've also called roadside assistance from the rental car company. Okay. They're sending AAA out also. The the first guy gets the car opened up. No keys. Still no keys. I go back upstairs to the office. I retrace my steps. I go to the... I'm the hospital that I'm working with is a university hospital. I go to the university police department, check to see if anybody's turned any car keys in. No, nothing. I go back outside to the car and I hang out because the rental car agency is sending a tow truck driver who can, because the car won't go into neutral without the keys, they have to drag it back to the airport. In all of this, I've missed my flight home. The second guy comes, he hooks up the car, we hop into the tow truck, Frickin' going down the freeway in Dallas, Texas. 
at 0515 rush hour traffic. I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to miss my flight. Well, I've already missed my flight because my flight was at 630. Missed the flight. Drag the car back in. Don't have the car keys. Try and um, figure out what the car rental company wants me to do. The woman at the counter says, well, okay, let me go back and see if the car is here. And I said, it's there because I just rode in with it on the tow truck. Of course. She says, okay, let me do some paperwork and then we'll get you into another car. No, no. No, I don't want another car. Why would I want another car? Jeezy bedeezy, all I want to do is go home. Fine. We get that all squared away. I have to wait two hours to get the next flight home. I finally get home about 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. Not a big deal. The next week, 4th of July week, is a, what we call a remote week. I work from home remotely. I get back to the office this last Monday. I'm in my cubicle. I'm doing some work. I'm clicking away on the computer. I'm working away. And for, excuse me, sorry about that. It's the Jack Daniels. Anyway, so I'm working away, and for some reason I happen to look down on the floor. Right next to me are the stinking fucking car keys from two weeks ago sitting right there on the floor in my cubicle. No freaking way. Why? The only thing I can think of is because they have... This is, it was a Jeep product. It was Jeep Patriot. They have the remote, the door opener in the key itself. It's so bulky. They put it on a big, ugly ring, put both keys together. And that's why I don't put them in my pocket because it makes me look like I've got, you know, some growth on my hip or whatever. (laughs) That the big ring must have gotten hooked up in the wheel of the rolling computer chair during the during the hunt for the keys two weeks prior so tomorrow when I take the car that I've got now back I'm going to have to stop at the rental desk at the counter and drop off the old keys so that I don't get charged $250 to have new remote rental car keys made. 17 years I've been doing this job. That is the first time ever that I have lost car keys. Okay, that's the end of my story. Now, uh, engagement rings, put a ring on it. Put a ring on it. You've been together eight years. She wants a ring. Give her a ring. During the wedding or during the wedding trip down to Mexico, it might be nice. Oh, my goodness. That segues right into remember a couple of things about Mexico. I don't know if you're staying at an all-inclusive uh, and you're going to get, oh, so drunk. Just remember, don't drink the water. I don't care if it is an all-inclusive. 
Don't drink the water unless it's bottled water. And the same goes for Malcolm. Don't let him drink water out of the tap. And the other thing is uh, with Mexico, even at some of these um, all-inclusives, they won't have Internet unless you pay extra for it. Eh, relax while you're down there. But do stay away from the swim-up bar because, as you've said already, yeah, all it is is full of pee and chlorine. Don't put your head in it. Um, in your coffee cup episode, you talked about the bathing suit and what you're going to wear for the wedding. Here's my wedding story. My little sister little sister she's four years younger than i am got married in hawaii so i went over and i was in the wedding party we made the mistake of going um snorkeling the day before and all of us got go got so freaking sunburned uh we couldn't we couldn't stand clothes i ended up going and getting um a, a shorts set you know, just a nice, it was a nice blouse and a matching pair of shorts. Uh, and I think I wore flip-flops. Shoot, my sister's feet were so sunburned, we had to take flip-flops and um, use a staple gum to put flowers on the flip-floppy pieces so she looked kind of dressed up. So that's my suggestion for the wedding is either get a nice Hawaiian shirt with matching shorts or contrasting shorts, a nice Hawaiian shirt or a nice uh, Mexican shirt with a dark pair of shorts. No one's going to care what you're wearing. They only care what the bride and the groom and the wedding party is wearing. And then the bathing suit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Sandra D., let me tell you, I can so empathize with you still to this day. And I'm a few years older than you are. There's a little problem with the bathing suit issue. Here's what I do. You might want to think about this. You like the sports bras, right? Buy yourself a dark-colored sports bra and then get a pattern set of men's swim trunks. Perfect two-piece bathing suit. I mean, it's good for butchy lesbos. It'll probably be just fine for a Canadian androgynous lesbo. And um, just like you, I'm, few, I'm carrying a few extra pounds. I also need to take a drink of this Jack. Okay, what else did I miss? Make sure Malcolm has EpiPens, just in case, while you guys are in um, Mexico, that in case he ends up with baked eggs somewhere. Uh, put a ring on it, bake in its own food group, no internet. Um, I think probably hairy nipples and the butch thing, butch femme thing we'll probably talk about some other time. Have a great time in Mexico. Talk to you soon. Bye. Cool. Thanks, Joe. Uh, I've eaten a lot of ice cream. I'm, I'm going to be in a coma soon. I've got the diabetes. I don't have the diabetes, but you know what? It's inevitable. Okay, so what did we talk about? Maybe, 
book. I don't like to give anyone any kind of special privileges here, but maybe for you, Joe, we can forego the don't clip anything to your belt uh, lesbian dress code. Maybe in your case, it's not only fashionable, but a necessity, you know? Like I have my keys clipped to my belt at all times at work, and I gotta tell you, it feels right. It just, it feels right. Okay, so what do we have here? So you missed your flight home, that sucks. I wonder how much that cost. Uh, and does no one fucking clean your cubicle? Is there not a Consuela that comes along with a, with a vacuum? If there is, she should be fired. Because if those keys were there two weeks later, someone's taking a siesta and not doing much scrubbing, if you know what I mean. Racist. Right. Okay. Um, right? Keys to, oh, right. And as far as the swim-up bar goes, I, I don't want to put my vagina in it. N like, never mind my head. Like, I think, I think maybe my vagina would be more susceptible to bacteria. So... I won't be putting my head in that water, or the urine, you know, I won't be putting my head in the urine water. No way. But what I am going to do is when I'm sitting uh, poolside in my three-piece suit, I will be watching who's drinking all fucking day and not getting out of that, out of that pool. And I will judge them. Oh, they will be getting a grimace. Oh, yes. I will be scowling. Can you feel it? I'm scowling right now into this microphone. Ugh. Right, okay. Uh, I don't know what you do exactly, but it must be something smart. If you're working with like a hospital and you're so important that you have to travel to all these places. So that's pretty good. You must feel proud about that. And just to clarify, I don't know how clear I was. Apparently not very clear at all. Sarah's brother is getting married in the city in Winnipeg here. And then we're going to Mexico in July. And then we're going to Mexico in July. Okay, so my mistake. And, you know, I did think about perhaps proposing in Mexico, but I don't want to take away from... Uh, the reason we're there. We're basically there for the happy couple, and I think it would be a pretty douche move to propose to her there and put the spotlight on us when really that's not that's not what it should be about. But I think you're right. I had better put a ring on it. I, I kind of enjoy the look on people's faces when, you know, they work with Sarah. They know that she's involved with another woman, if you could call me that. I don't think I'm androgynous. I think, I think I'm... Uh, well, I'm not like feminine and shapely and I don't wear nail polish. And I used to wear kind of like, I used to dress like a 12 year old boy, I think. Stupid shirts that were kind of tight and tight jeans. I used to have a 28 inch waist. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny to think of now? Isn't it? Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> oh, the giggles. Oh, the six or $700 pair of jeans I have in my once upon a time closet of clothes that I'll never fit into again. Isn't that just hilarious? Okay, so yes, I do love the look on people's faces when they see Sarah and I together and they're kind of like, oh, like, ah, oh, you settled, Sarah. You could have done better. <laughs> she did settle. Oh, did she settle? So yes, I'll have to put a ring on it at some point. But financially, now is just not the time. It's just not the time. So we are going to an all-inclusive resort, uh, a five-star one that I would never, ever be able to afford unless Sarah's dad was paying for it. I think I've said that 700 times because it is so fucking true. We're broke. <laughs> Semen is crazy expensive. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? Uh, I was worrying about the ice cubes. Like, do, is there no way to filter water in Mexico? Do they not have like a giant Brita that they could put all of the water through? I guess they would just do it for everybody. And how do the Mexicans stand it? Do they just have like really strong stomachs or something? Are they just used to it, maybe? We're just too delicate? And I'll tell you right now, if they don't have fucking internet at this resort, I am going to freak the 
fuck out. Like if they're like, oh, $25 a day, unlimited wireless. I'm going to stick my thumb so far up Paco's ass, he's going to taste it. Okay. It, it will taste like ass. Yes, actually, you're right. Okay, I'm going to stop blathering. Good job, Joe. You're doing great work. Keep it up. Look forward to hearing from you every Wednesday until you die of alcohol poisoning. Okay, here is Rose to tell us about a homeless man giving her nice warm fries. Hang on. Hey everybody, this is Rose and Sanchez. I'm really sorry about belching last episode. I will just leave you with this thought. When I was a child uh, of age six or seven, I was able to belch supercalifragilisticexpialidocious all in one belch. So um, here's hoping that little Mac has similar skills. I also used to teach my fellow classmates how to burp on purpose when I was like six or seven years old because, you know, why the fuck not? It's first grade, got to do something. Um, so you were curious about me accepting french fries from a homeless guy. And yeah, I'm going to use the term homeless instead of hobo um, because that's just how I've always thought of homeless people. Um, I've never, I, I, I don't know, I've always been comfortable with them. Um, I've never thought about it as like a cute thing like the term hobo kind of implies, which definitely makes it more comfortable to talk about when you can make it cute. And I have no problem with that because I understand that it's not a comfortable thing. But um, I was homeless for a few weeks when I was 17. I didn't have to live on the streets. I, ha I was lucky to have sofas that I could um, crash on until I found a job and a place to live and I didn't have any substance abuse problems that maybe might have taken me in a different direction um, that happens with a lot of other people. Um, so anyway, and when I was 18, I lived next to a homeless shelter run by the activist Mitch Snyder, like anybody's going to look that shit up. Um, it was the, crea uh, the Community for Creative Nonviolence, and um, they were eventually pushed out of the building next door to the shithole I lived in in order to make room for the Dirty Mind, an after-hours transvestite bar, because um, back then that was kind of the general colloquial term, transvestite. It was, after all, 1981, 1982, so language was different back then, um, and it was very entertaining to be woken up at 4 o'clock in the morning by huge black women screeching, drunk, arguing with each other, and then you suddenly knew that the argument was taking a serious turn when you heard this, like, bowel-shattering, bass, natural-born killer voice of a guy coming out. Um, and they often were still hanging out outside of the club when I would be getting up and going to work the next morning because that's the nature of an after-hours club. So um, a lot of the women would ask me how I got my hair bright orange or bright pink, and I would ask them how the fuck did they walk in heels, which is something I have never mastered, and I'm just fine with that. But anyway, back to the homeless guy and french fries. So um, I was at a waiting for a secondhand shop to open. There was a sign on the door saying back in five minutes. The shopkeeper was down the street getting fast food for himself and also for the homeless guy out front who had a cart with flowers and glass containers and the homeless dude. Jeffrey James something or another was his name. I love somebody who uses a first and middle name. It's often what I use in real life. But anyway, so Jeffrey James offered to make me a bouquet free of charge while I waited. And then he, of course, he's a marketing man um, and said, but you know, for $5, he could make me a bigger arrangement. And he had really nice flowers and he was super filthy and I had an extra 
five bucks and time to kill. So I said, sure. So he put together a bouquet while telling me his life story. Um, you know, the, the usual kind of alcoholic thing of he was so successful. He has multiple ex-wives. No explanation of how he, how he lost it all. Um, but you can probably guess that alcoholism had a big part of it, judging from his shaky hands and the smell on his breath. So anyway, um, the reason why the shopkeeper, so uh, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. So the shopkeeper was getting food for himself, but he was also picking up extra food for Jeffrey James because the fast food joint wouldn't let old JJ go in there because JJ Dynamite was a homeless guy. Um, so by the time the shopkeeper came back, Jeffrey James could hear my stomach rumbling a little bit. I'm not shy about letting my belly rumble. I can't control it. Why be shy about it? And God damn it. I'm not, I, when I say bless his heart, I do not mean that in the like bitch slap southern way, but fucking bless his heart. He's, he said, he goes, oh, you're hungry. And I said, oh yeah, I'll get something to eat after I, you know, duck inside and, and look around. And Jeffrey reached his filthy, grimy, dirt-encrusted hand into his bag of hot, greasy french fries and held his palm out open to me and said, here, take some. And as much as I recoiled from the filth of it, I couldn't recoil from the open-handed, warm-hearted gesture. So I accepted a couple of piping hot french fries, and they were really good. And then I got really sick, but I really don't think it was because of that. I think I think it was a lot of I think it was a lot of other things. So anyway, that's not really a very funny story. Um, also, I just real quick wanted to say I mentioned like ending uh, friendship, and I just kind of want to say just for my own who gives a shit. But it really had less to do with politics because I have a lot of friends with opposing or different political uh, views than my own, which makes for a very spirited conversation, and I always end up le learning a lot, but it's mainly because he was just uh, the darkest cloud. Um, in our last conversation, I said to him that I couldn't think of one single positive thing I had ever heard him say about anything or anyone, and I've known him since 2001, and that's pretty fucking bad. Because, I mean, I... Don't get me wrong, I can have a hellfire temper and I can crawl into a black hole like nobody's goddamn business, but I can also be perky and fun and enjoy myself and say nice things about awesome people and awesome things. One of which is my new kitten. I have a new kitten and I love her. And also, let's see, in Spaz News this week, oh yeah, one a comedian that I really like a lot, Jen Kirkman, she was on WFMU this week and I got over my shyness and I phoned in and um, and so there's that nothing like talking about menopause and not having to bleed on live FM radio and I just I really hope you didn't hear my quiet burps there there were a couple of quiet burps okay anyway and also when I was singing Eat a Bag of Dicks, I didn't expect it to be aired. I'm fine with it being aired, but it's just, I, I mean, of course you knew that it was a joke because it's just when I'm thinking like, God damn it, that person is just nothing but a bag of dicks. So, and of course, a song is born. A song is born. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Everybody has poo up 
their butt. Everybody has poo up their butt. Up their butts, there's poo, poop, poop, poo. Hey, it's another song. Yeah, well, you know, for Sanchez, she's going to Mexico. Probably worried about Montezuma's revenge. So everybody's got poo up their butt. Everybody's got poo up their butt. Poo, poo up their butt. Nice work, Rose. Excellent storytelling there. Excellent. Really enjoyed that. I did hear your quiet burps, but it made me laugh pretty hard when you're like, oh, I hope you can't hear my <laughs> quiet burps. Ah, good times, good times, good times. Okay, I have a theory on the botulism or hepatitis or whatever the hell happened to you. Here's my theory. I think JJ maybe hadn't washed his hands in about six or seven or eight months. And, you know, I'm sure he, you know, well, maybe he washed his hands three weeks ago. Who knows? But my theory is the hot French fry grease loosened up some of the dirt particles in his hand, and then you ate that. Or it could have been shit. You could have eaten shit fries. It's really not up to me to determine. You know, I don't, I don't really know that. But I can imagine the drag queens fighting outside your window, and when that deep baritone voice comes out of that six-foot-four giant she-man, they, they really fucking mean business then. I've only very rarely seen a, tra a tranny. Uh, you can't say tranny anymore, can you? Is that a thing? I always hear Dan Savage. He's always, he's not, he knows he's not supposed to say it, but he doesn't understand, but whatever. I, I'm not Dan Savage. I'm not. I'm, I'm not at all. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. Okay, there's one last thing I want to touch on. I forgot with um, Joe's segment with the whole sports bra thing. Um, I've had a baby and it's, it's not really a really nice area of my body. You know, my, my sad, sad old man, deep belly button, just kind of like me. He looks like grumpy cat. My belly looks like grumpy cat and the stretch marks and the loose skin. I, I don't think the sports bra, you know, short thing is going to work out for me. I think I'm going to have to do a tank top board short combo. I just wish there was like some kind of like lesbian online store I could go to and you could just pick like I, whichever category of lesbian you are and they would have formal wear and then they would have swimwear and then leisure wear. And, you know, I, I just, I don't like girl stuff. I don't like stuff that's pink. I don't like stuff with bows on it. I like, I'm a man. I'm a man with a vagina. I like black, gray, white. That's it. Really. The majority of the time... That's what I'm wanting. I, I don't want... I tried to look for, like, just tank tops at this leisure store we were at to get the fucking shots. And they were all frilly and patterned and horizontal stripes. Why in the fucking name of Jesus Christ would you ever, ever make anything over a medium with horizontal stripes? You are not helping anyone, okay? It's not helpful. Additional, don't stock it. Not helpful. Okay, that's my that's my PSA for today. I don't know what else to tell you guys here. I, I think that's I think we're gonna have to cut this off. I smell really bad, and I've eaten a lot of ice cream, so I think I'm gonna go shower now. I'm not gonna have like a rape shower though. Like it's not gonna be like super hot, and I won't be crying or anything like that. But I mean, I'll enjoy it. I think I think uh, I think sweaty fat girls is up there in the world's greatest showers. I think. Yeah, peeling that sports bra off. That's digging into my. Uh, fat sides it's gonna feel good i'll be thinking of you in there <laughs> <laughs> bye